common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. We also have with us now Michael Goodwin, who is joining us, who wrote a blockbuster column talking about crime in New York and specifically about those hearings by Jim Jordan. Uh, Michael Goodwin, the great Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. Uh, great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. Thank you, Rita. You know, your column, I thought, was spot on. Talk about how it has become so politicized and how the Democrats, even in the hearing, kept saying, what crime? We see it every day, Michael. We see it. Yeah, I thought it was uh, uh, an exhibition of cluelessness on the part of the Democrats. Uh, as I wrote in the column, I in the beginning, I thought it would probably would not be a significant event, the hearing, that the that. It was it was so clearly a response to Alvin Bragg indicting Donald Trump, and uh, that gave the Democrats and, of course, their media shills all the ammunition they would need to downplay it and practically ignore it. But I was really surprised uh, that the way Democrats reacted to the witnesses, such as Madeline Brain, um, when Dan Goldman, the representative from Lower Manhattan and parts of Brooklyn, interrupted her. She scolded him. Uh, Jerry Nadler got a scolding from a father whose son was beaten uh, by an anti-Semitic mob. So you, you had the Democrats almost wanting to say, yes, yes, your suffering is terrible. But what's really important is that the Republicans are playing games here. And I thought that they were heartless in ignoring the, the, te- the testimony of, of, these, of the witnesses who had suffered. Uh, Madeline Brain losing her son, uh, a man named Borgen, his son beaten up. I mean, there were other witnesses who came forward like that. And in each case, Bragg had downgraded the charges. And this, to me, was something quite serious and quite heartbreaking to hear people uh, testify. As John just said, if you lose a child, I mean, it is it is shattering for people and for the Democrats not to understand that, to to sort of look over it and think they could reach the audience by saying, oh, politics, Donald Trump, politics, Republicans, Donald Trump. I mean, they said nothing of substance about crime. And, of course, they don't feel it because most of them have some kind of government protection and they don't ride the subways. They're not walking on the streets alone. Uh, So they personally don't fear crime, I guess, which makes them an exception. And maybe that's one of the reasons why we need term limits. Yeah, or they don't want to admit it. I mean, they kept saying I don't think term limits works. You know, I go back to Judge Weinberg that's here, him and Peter Valone, you guys really screwed it up. I will tell you again, for the record, I will tell you again for the record, and Michael Goodwin knows this, Valone tried to stop term limits from being imposed. It was I saw Ron the movie. who pushed it. Let the record be clear. <laughs> I saw Michael Goodwin was in the movie. You were in the movie. Carbonetti, I didn't see you in the movie. Yeah, he's going to become a superstar now. Oh, my goodness. Go ahead, yeah. Gov Patterson. You got a question. <laughs> so, Michael, I think that we've reached a point. It's like a point of inflection in politics and government. You know, whenever there's a hearing, and let's say you're on the other side of the issue, and the and the uh, people who have called the hearing put someone on, like the woman who's talking about her dead son. The last thing you would ever do is interrupt her 
Or the last thing you'd ever do is say, oh, yeah, we feel sorry about that. However, and then there's some issue. How could anything, any issue be more than a dead child? And so what I think has happened is that the whole art of politics is being lost. And it isn't just Democrats. But in this particular situation, this is an example of it where people don't even use common sense and read the room. And you'll get to have your argument on another day. But there's certain times you just have to tip your hat to your adversary and let your adversary have their say. It seemed so disconnected, Governor Patterson. To me, I was outraged. I saw I was watching the hearings and I felt it was so heartless and so disconnected and so completely inappropriate. And I was so glad that Madeline Brame and these others went right back at the Democrats and said, how dare you? I am talking about my dead son. How dare you say uh, it's about Trump or it's about it was they they deserve that moment. Go ahead, Michael Goodwin. Well, I, I agree with you, Governor. I think that um, one of the things that's happened now is is the people in Washington are so caught up in the uh, partisan struggle that it seems to cloud everything. They don't see anything else other than the other team's fingerprints on something. Nothing is ever judged on the merits. It's only judged on the source of it. And this is the this is a formula for breakdown. I mean, it really it really makes it very difficult to get anything done. Each seat in the especially the Senate, but in the House, too, now becomes so precious that, uh, of course, the Republicans will defend George uh, Santos to, at some point. Uh, the Democrats, you know, it seems half of the Senate's in a hospital somewhere now, uh, and, and they can't get anything done. Uh, so, Governor Patterson liked that one. He was laughing on that one. <laughs> well, I, I mean, look, look at the Fetterman situation. I mean, you know, it, it, people would not tolerate that except his vote is so important because the margin is so narrow. So it, it, it's really a devilish time in the sense that nothing else matters, only politics. Uh, I mean, if there's any departure from either team, uh, it's a big deal. I mean, uh, we're, we're getting so, so but, many straight party line votes now. But, Michael, uh, this is Rudy Washington. It, it, we're, we're, we're in a, as the governor just said, an inflection point. This is serious. Uh, how do the people of Pennsylvania, and I don't mean to disparage his name, but Senator Fetterman, please, uh, when you do hearings like this, and this is a perilous moment for us geopolitically, um, we got our enemies knocking at our door. They're challenging the dollar as a reserve currency. Uh, we got so much going against us, and we're having silly arguments. I, it's, it's heartaching. I don't know any By other way, There was some breaking news before, and I don't know if it's public yet, that Pakistan is now buying from Russia at a discount on oil. Officially, finally, because <laughs> they were kind of doing, I think, unofficially for a while. I mean, how much more? Can we take as a country? Oh, you got you, you got Pakistan buying it. You got India buying it. You got Saudi Arabia buying and selling it. You got Iran doing whatever they're hey, doing. Hey, John, John, if, if the country all went EV tomorrow, could we charge our cars? No, exactly. And what would it cost nationally? Well, to, that's another big problem. We're going to be talking about cars later. 
uh, and uh, again, it must have been uh, uh, Peter Valone and Richard Weinberg's fault. <laughs> if everything is, isn't everything his fault? I yes, mean... Richard. <laughs> J- John, in that coalition you just mentioned, this Pakistan, is Tony Carbonetti, everybody. Pakistan, Russia, China, Saudi. Russia and China are the nuclear countries. Everyone else wants to be. We would never let them be. The Russians and the Chinese will. And by the way, China wow. uh, is heard, now. I heard it first. Did you hear this? China is now trying to, uh, testing a spy drone three times the speed of sound. Uh, and where are we? I mean, this is it is crazy. So crazy. Look, I think that uh, the problems at home uh, that America is having with leadership, with any kind of bipartisanship to solve problems is another reason why our uh, enemies and adversaries are emboldened. I mean, they they look at America and they see decline. They see division and decline. And I think any of us would be hard-pressed to deny that that's true. I mean, that that is what we all see, and we see it uh, reflected in our foreign policies as weakness, that, you know, at some point the president of the United States will not be taken seriously uh, when he talks about military threat if if our country continues down this path because nobody will fight we will not people will not join the military they we will not have that uh, ability and many countries have lost that yeah, we're, right? we're, I mean, and we're killing off our army with fentanyl you know when you yeah. look at 200,000 young people dying because of fentanyl with an open border I, again, I just don't know what's the matter with these people. I really don't. Well, I mean, you got the president of El Salvador lecturing us about don't human talk- rights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. Judge Weinberg, well, you got a comment, too. Michael, let's look at Chicago. You have the newly elected mayor who sees riding on the streets where the, the youth are just terrorizing the good people of Chicago. Chicago is on its way out. It's a civilized city. And he says we should not be demonizing the, the kids. So yeah, what does that tell you about the mindset? Opportunities. I mean, it's it's the same story that the left has been singing for 50 years, right? That that we we can't we can't uh, punish crime because it's not fair. Uh, they just want what other people have, and they don't have. Uh, I mean, if you take that position, then you can never arrest anybody for anything, almost. So I think it's a disaster. I have to say, you know, I. It makes me think, you know, the Democrats have chosen Chicago to be their convention site. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. If, uh, if if the young people there go on a crime spree, uh, what's the Democratic Party going yeah, to do? 68 all over again, but for different yeah, I reasons. Would say I had that conversation <laughs> with somebody today. Uh, only this time, the police will not be involved, right? <laughs> oh, because the police... The, the police are quitting in Chicago faster than they're quitting in New York. The mayor obviously doesn't believe in arresting these people. That would be demonizing them. So what's going to happen to the delegates? Are they all going to bring guns or are they all going to vote remotely? I mean, this is this is setting up to be a real test of the party's sincerity about these crime issues. It is amazing. It is. Am- By the way, you know, I also want to talk about uh, uh, another big headline in New York. You're talking about police. There was. I'm disgusted when I see some of these uh, images that are going viral all over the place. The female cop who was hit uh, with a glass bottle. And then there's this case of this guy who was running away, a new video that just got up a couple hours ago. 
Uh, he's speeding away and you see him running over the police. I mean, there is no respect for police these days. I, I, we got to protect them. Uh, right. Now, look, I, I, I think that this door has been opened and it's really incumbent on Mayor Adams to slam it shut. Uh, These attacks on the police uh, are are a sort of cultural reaction. And the mayor has to, I think, be more vocal, more determined. He he has to protect the police. I mean, if the police are not safe, then nobody's safe. And so this is one of those moments, Rita, that I think it can it can turn on a dime. And this administration could be swamped by crime if it doesn't, I think, speak up more. I mean, look, we've discussed this before. I think the mayor made a huge mistake with the migrant issue. He's now criticizing the president about six months after he should have. But even then, he just wants help. He doesn't he doesn't talk about the border. It's the border, stupid. That's what's the problem. And, you know, if there's no respect for law, if 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 laws don't mean anything, if the police are just going to be targets, then who would want to be a policeman? I mean, this is this is I think you mentioned earlier an inflection point in Congress. I think it's an inflection point in this country in many ways. Yeah, sadly, yeah. Well, thank you, Michael, for coming on and, and and speaking out for the American people, speaking out for New Yorkers, because somebody has to speak out, and you're doing a great job. And uh, thank you. Thank you for what you do.